0: Darling, we've had one hell of a time, but the question on everybody's mind, where is the... (laughs)
1: Hello and welcome to Ideas Don't Bleed, a comics podcast presented by Ashcan Press and featuring Matthew Rosenberg and the Supple Boys, Ethan S. Parker and Griffin Sheridan. This is part two of our discussion with Hassan El Elhow. We hope you enjoy.
2: I feel like panel by panel arrived at a really weird time because, like you said, like Comics Alliance was shutting down and basically like a lot of the big comics journalism places were changing a lot of them were bought up and the the model was changed and the model yeah. moved more towards listicles and away from deep dives and um and there's just less of them and less there's like not that there's not great comics journalism there certainly is um women write about comics do a great job the comics journal does a great job lots of people do great jobs in comics but it, it was fewer in. It's becoming fewer and far farther between that you'd find those. And a lot of the comic <clears throat> journalism is, is clickbaity. Or conversely, because you're also in the YouTube space, like it's it's hate click driven. It's a lot of like <laughs> yeah. take takedown yeah. stuff. Um, yeah. did you feel like doing panel by panel, which was like a real study in, in craft and, and deep dives on on single topics? Like did you feel like that was an important thing at the time, while things like this were disappearing. Like, did the weight of the moment matter to you in making the book, making the magazine? It, it,
0: yeah, it would, like I, I would definitely sound smart if I said yes. Um, <laughs> so, y- yes,
1: but awesome. no, not yep.
0: really. Uh, <laughs> no, it's not not like I mean, I. To be honest, like at the at the time, I wasn't I wasn't really reading a lot of other stuff. Like I, I the only thing I really read was Comics Alliance, uh, and I wasn't I didn't watch stuff on YouTube either when I did Strip Out Naked. So I wasn't it wasn't like I wasn't really responding to anything else. Uh, mm-hmm. But that was out of purely out of my own sort of naivety of whatever whatever, <laughs> whatever else was sort of making. Um, so it what it, it, no not really. But I think it became more apparent that like we'd made a space for people to to pay people to write about comics and then also uh, to, to allow them space to like write stuff that doesn't wouldn't necessarily get published in some other places mm. um, that, but that only I think that only became apparent like in time once once yeah. it kind of it got rolling. but it, 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 it was apparent after the first one that that um, that people wanted to read it. like I think that was the most shocking thing was I remember at the time speaking to some of the writers, and thinking like you know if we can get like 20 people to read this that'll be crazy and then <laughs> we'd set this pre-order link up and i was looking at the pre-orders and i was like if we can get like 100 that'd be unbelievable i'd be like that would be insanity if we can get 100 people to read this magazine mm-hmm. and then we hit like past that and i was like this is ridiculous like that people want to read this is ridiculous and i never i hadn't even really originally planned it to be monthly but mm-hmm. just the fact that so many people were excited about it got me really excited about it, and then I made a yeah. fatal flaw of making it monthly, which was a <laughs> s- stupid, stupid decision. Looking back on it, but a fun one, I suppose.
2: I-, I like that you referred to it as a fatal flaw when you made seventy issues. So it, it took a long time <laughs> for that fatal flaw to kick in. Yeah,
0: I I made a I did a I really I had because so Tiffany Babb, who came on to co-edit uh, okay. with me like a, about a year and a half ago. I remember talking to her this was a year ago maybe and I was like she was like do you know how much time you spend doing it every month and I was like I haven't even dared to actually add it up and then I did as an exercise and that was probably the the start of me thinking about wrapping it up and in its current iteration was once I'd like actually added up the amount of hours every month uh I thought it was a lot and then I realized quite how many hours it was and I was like that's why I'm always really tired
2: (laughs) yeah it's it's funny I had a I had a similar moment recently Uh, I got a new computer and it, um, I I can turn it off, I'm sure, but I don't know how, (laughs) but it, it, uh, it it once a week gives me a, like, this is your average screen time every day. And I'm not a person who's like, I'm not watching movies on my computer. I don't read comics on my computer. I don't like, I'm on it to work. And when I saw like, this is what you average a day. And I was like, Oh, I'm not hitting eight hours of sleep a day. (laughs) <laughs> because I'm literally on my computer for more than sixteen hours a day, average some of these weeks, and I was like, I got, I can't, I'm gonna die. Um, yeah, but it, it is, it is funny how you get caught in the moment of the thing, and you don't realize that that moment is all encompassing for you. <laughs> um, there's
0: so much momentum. I don't know if you have the same with like monthly comics or not, but there's so much like momentum uh, that you don't realize has like built up. Oh, yeah. And then, and it's just, and it's kind of, it's almost like the, just the process of it itself is what's keeping you going as opposed to necessarily like, it's not that I wasn't enjoyable. Cause it was enjoy- like, I love making it, but yeah. it, it, there was a definitely near the end. There was a point at which it was the process of doing it was just keeping me going in doing it. If that makes any sense at all, sure, it's just like yeah. the momentum I built from running downhill for 70 months <laughs> it
2: was uh, like, what was getting me there i mean uh, i'm i'm fascinated by it though also because you know you're doing at the same time for a bunch of it you're doing strip panel naked videos mm. which are not just like you just like getting on and being like i read a comic that's like they're they're thought out and well made videos like they're short yeah but they're 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 not they're not five minutes of your time. They're a chunk of time. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then you're lettering. I mean, what do you letter o- on average? How many books are you on at a time? How many monthly comics? Do you know that? Should I not ask that because yeah. you're going to quit a bunch of books now?
0: It's probably not. Uh, it's like it's in. It's hard to say because it it fluctuates. But it's sort of in the region of like. I'm just looking at my big spreadsheet. It's kind of in the region of like twenty to twenty two ish, depending on the month.
2: Jeez. quite a lot <laughs> yeah that uh, look i i I read so much stuff with your name on it and I make a book with you and that still just kind of not took my breath away um that's crazy some of
0: those like to make it sound like left like I work a lot some of those are like I'm count kind of, like a part of that is like stuff like uh captara with chip uh and, and mm-hmm. Kagan that's like you know we only do like four or five pages that a month so that sort yeah. of counts as a book in my spreadsheet.
2: Sure, yeah. But that,
0: yeah. I mean, I've said that now, and that's literally the only book that's like that. So the
2: rest. <laughs> <laughs> but also, you know, like I'm sure working with with Kagan's amazing, but you're also working with Chip, and that must feel like a full time job because he's a nightmare. Um, the uh... Uh, we've got
0: we've got we've got Allison. smart. Allison quells a lot, of the, yeah, yeah. Yeah, a lot yeah. of the Chipman. Yeah, so... yeah.
2: She seems she seems like she should get the Nobel Peace Prize for dealing with him <laughs> all the time. Um, the but like, I'm fascinated by that, and obviously, you stopped doing strip panel naked for a while. Mm-hmm. Although you just did one again. <laughs> yeah,
0: right? I've got another one written as well. Yeah, I just need to edit it. Yeah, yeah, it's back. It it's back on. I think. It's but there was on. there's
2: a, there's a while. Yeah, strip panel naked. We'll we'll have a link up. And you can go watch it. Everyone should watch it because it is actually, uh, um, if you're a person who listens to this podcast. Um, I sort of assume that a lot of people listen to this like care about craft and and sort of care about comics in in a more active way but Strip Panel Naked and and Panel by Panel are both things that I think like enhance one's appreciation and understanding of of the craft of comics and I I think that's sort of a a noble uh, I think between you and you and David Harper who is like very much he does that stuff but he also like talks about the business of comics in a way that is yeah. so smart and I'm like man I, I don't know what it would have been like if I started making comics and the two of you were like out there discussing craft and business of comics and in, in this in in-depth and accessible way uh it really feels like a uh such a valuable thing for anyone who cares about comics um that's not a question that's just me I guess, <laughs> I guess but uh, thanks I, I, I'm curious, I'm curious, like at what point you're being pulled between stripel naked of being like, "Okay, I can make videos here. And it's sort of related to the panel by panel stuff, but it is a different thing. Mm-hmm. And you're making a magazine and then you're lettering and it's filling up your days. And like, obviously you you you've stopped doing two of those things to a large degree. But like, how much do you feel like? I'm being pulled in three different directions of the same thing. Like how much of that was enjoyable for you to be like I'm not just doing one thing and how much was like schizophrenic and like felt chaotic.
0: But you know the the difficulty I think with with any like anything like this is when you start putting like uh commitments into it. I think that's mm-hmm. where I, like, I, it starts to like grind you down maybe a little bit. It's like the thing with panel by panel is it was so much fun, but it, it had grown into such a beast. Like the issues were getting longer just because I wanted more people to be part of it and give more money to people to write for it. But that, it sort of rested on my shoulders to still compile that every month. So I put this monthly deadline in place for that. So that meant that I kind of stopped doing strip panel Naked as much because that didn't really the only person I was letting down, I guess, in the sense by not carrying that on, was was me. So I sort mm-hmm. of paused that for a bit. Um, I stopped writing for the magazine for a, for a long time because I just wanted yeah. to give that space to other people as well. Um, but also, it's just time. It's just time taken up. Um, so it's kind of like the magazine really took over a lot of stuff. Yeah, which makes it. I don't, don't want to be like too negative about it because I think mm-hmm. it's maybe that sounds a bit rough because I, like I, I love that thing. But I think, like, that really was, like, where a lot of my time and commitment uh, and focus went away from Strip Power Um And so then it became about, ba- like, a balance of, like, getting to, you know, letter more fun things and and letter- getting more offers for lettering while trying to also balance uh, putting together the 130 pages of Panel by Panel every month. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I'm so, like, not controlling of it, but, like, I was so... St- specific about what that magazine should be and what it should look like that it was really difficult to like i could have just given the design to someone else and gone mm-hmm. like you design it but then for me it was like wow i don't that was a massive part of why i enjoyed it so i was so i was so like ingrained in every element of it um doing all the interviews and like commissioning the pieces and editing along with tiffany who joined us later so it was like it was so hard to give up that stuff so it just became a question of like well i can give up the YouTube for a little bit um was that what was it Matt what was the question you asked me because now I'm just, no, having, just this it's is just therapy.
2: The, just like what it <laughs> did it feel good to be wearing so many different sort of creative yeah, hats yeah. or it's was like, it yeah. was it
0: no like, I, it's definitely yeah it was good because it was always always something to do as well I think that was quite a nice part of it was like mm-hmm. when I, I would if I read something I was like oh that could I could write something about that or like I could turn that into a YouTube thing um it was just a nice way of being engaged in a lot of different things and i think the mag is the process of the magazine is so different than like lettering or even the the youtube thing because so much of the magazine was like working with just tons of different people who are writing great pieces and that was kind of like uh it's really exciting reading good writing about comics so like yeah almost every other day i was getting emails with like drafts of things in and so if i was ever kind of like I'm getting kind of sick of this, or whatever. I'd like mm-hmm. read a thing, and I'd be like, "Well, that's incredible. I've never even thought about that before." And so mm-hmm. I'd get like perked back up again. So it's it's good. I think it's good to have like these different. It was good to have these different things to focus on. Where if you kind of get drained by one thing, you could just shift your focus to this. Um, but then it got to the point where like just the just the time of everything was was stacking up.
2: More of a more of a just uh, personal. I'm cur- curiosity I guess but in in panel by panel did you ever run stuff written by other people like a lot of it was sort of big studies on books and 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 like examinations of things would you run stuff that you wouldn't agree with would you or were you like
0: yeah is, yeah. yeah we went I don't think we run we don't I don't think we ran like a ton of like explicitly sort of like negative stuff no but, but just like uh, a take for an run...
2: examination on a thing that you're oh, like, that's yeah, not yeah. my take well, on it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. A bunch. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: That was, that's also, that's part of the fun. Like, I remember having, like, some editorial kind of back and forth with people where it's like, where I'd say, like, I don't think that that's what that is. But if you can justify it, that doesn't, it doesn't really matter what my opinion on it is. Like, if yeah. you, because I'm, it's the same, really, like, I'm aware that I might put something forward on Strip How I'm Naked and be like, this is what this thing is doing. And the person who made it might be like, "Nah, <laughs> it wasn't even close to what I was trying to do." So I, mean, I think it's, it's that's the fun thing, though, right? With that writing yeah. is like someone can just kind of convince you of something that you. There's plenty of times where I like I don't think that's right. Like I I haven't read it like that, but that okay. you have read it like that and that like, you found enough things to kind of put that point forward is really cool. It's really interesting. Um, yeah. Occasionally, I had my mind changed. Sometimes I didn't, but it's it's you know it's fun it's fun to to put that stuff out, even if it wasn't. Is that is that what you mean? Is that kind of what? Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. I just I, I i wonder about that. Like create like the magazine. I understand that you you gave it over to the to the writing staff and made it more than just your own thing. But it started really as your own thing. And so at some point, you're publishing examinations of things where you're like, I don't agree with this. Like I don't think this is that's not my interpretation of something. I think that's fascinating. Like where in a production, where in a project that becomes a thing of like, now I'm publishing a thing that is counter to my, what I believe. And obviously we're not talking about like fundamental core values, (laughs) but just like interpretations. I think that's really interesting. I don't know. I think that's really.
0: uh... There was one, I can't like, there was one, uh, I don't want to be too specific just because I don't want to, if it's someone that had written a piece feels yeah. like i didn't like it or whatever but that wouldn't we wouldn't i wouldn't have run it i suppose if that was the case yeah. but we had one about um a comic that was a really long examination into something and i felt like the entry point to that like the fundamental wrapping of the whole core of their of their piece was uh yeah it was wrong and so but i was like i the way you've entered this i just don't agree with <laughs> but the rest of what they argued was so succinct and so interesting uh-huh. Um, that I was like that's great like you can't even like you haven't convinced me but if I wasn't so adamant that that was wrong you would have convinced me <laughs> so I think <laughs> for most people that would read it they'd get something from that but uh-huh. it's like it's, you know I mean I thought it's so hard to, to say to like r- explain it slightly vague but um, sure. yeah their whole their whole like you know at this point this thing happens and this is what it means I was like no I don't think that at all but it was so compelling the rest of it that I, we just uh-huh. had to go with it
2: I, I will say, as someone who who uh, makes things, who writes things, I really love that. I really love <laughs> the idea of interpretation being subjective, and, and I know that there are people who are, there are writers who very much like, are like, well, this is what I'm trying to say, and this is what this is, and I... I have that obviously everyone who writes has a has a subtext and a thing they're trying to get across but i i've found that i really fall in love a lot with people's i see you know i don't seek out a lot of criticism or reviews of my work but i'll glance at it and um i'm i'm always in i always really enjoy watching people get other things out of the work than what i either put in or what i think i put in you know that yeah we could go back and forth on whether or not that's actually in there or not but i think that's really great and <laughs> and uh I, I don't know i've never thought about it from the critical angle of like putting that out and putting that onto the world well, of it's like
0: it's a, it's very tra- tra- yeah, it's transactional the right way i'm not sure but like even with criticism as well you know you, you're writing something from your perspective even when you're trying to do like a like a more like educational like i'm not putting myself into the work you're still responding to something that you brought as a person Mm-hmm. um yeah so it's like that's that's always like i say like that was like a fun thing for me like i'd read those pieces and even the stuff that i didn't even when people were you know with pe- maybe people lifted a comic that i didn't think was that great maybe i didn't think mm-hmm. it was necessarily that much to write about and someone would pitch me a thing and i was like oh, maybe uh, and then they'd <laughs> send you something you'd be like your your love of this thing is like takes me all the way through like yeah, even yeah. if i you haven't convinced me that i would love that comic or whatever uh your your passion for that thing has taken me through. yeah and like i'm i can get excited about other people's excitement um yeah. even if i don't agree <laughs> with the thing that they're getting excited about is worth getting excited about but i love the excitement i think the excitement's a really fun thing
2: for sure yeah i'm i'm definitely one of those people who's very much drawn to to other people being passionate about things i think that's so infectious mm-hmm. and and i know that for a lot of people consciously or not and like we see it in pop culture like the the converse of that coin is true as well that people really yeah. get excited about people hating a thing and, and really are passionate people passionately hating a thing and going and lighting it on fire or shooting it with a gun or whatever like that gets people excited and I'm just like I'm not I'm not excited it's very easy. there's so much terrible bullshit in the world it's so easy to hate on stuff like it doesn't take mm-hmm. any skill in my mind to hate something but like falling in love with something is really a beautiful thing and really uh, and something you want to be a part like to me I understand there are people who like whether they're cognizant or not like love to hate things and, and fall in love with hating things and are passionate about like getting angry and getting worked up I fucking love falling in love with things I love the idea of falling in love with something I love the idea of approaching anything and being like man I hope this like changes my worldview. I hope this impacts me in some way and like that was something that I always came across in panel by panel in a way that I, I really loved and related to was just like everyone's sort of care about the things they read and consumed. Mm-hmm. It was not a lot of like, this was fine. Here's a synopsis of it. Two out of five stars, whatever. Like yeah, I, don't, yeah. I don't get much out of that. Like it's fine for a metric for some people, but like there, are, yeah, there are books in panel by panel where I've been like, that book doesn't look good to me, but this person cares so much about it. Like, I want to see, I want to see if it can do this for <laughs> me. Like, that's so fun and so important. Yeah. And like,
0: It's a bit scary though. I think, I think this is the problem. I think it's so much easier to be like, this thing sucks. Because if someone turns around oh, and they sure. say, well, actually, I love that. You can just be like, ha well, you're wrong. It's yeah, much yeah. harder to be like, I love this. And if someone says, I hate it for you then to be like, well, let me infect you with some passion. Yeah. A horrible sentence. <laughs> but, you know, it's, it's much scarier to because then you're you're you, you know you, you're being you're like opening yourself up a little bit by saying I mm. actually care about this thing. No, that's yeah. much harder to do than be like I hate this thing.
2: Oh yeah, the, the vulnerability of of putting the things you love out into the world and and talking about and caring about things and being open about them is. It is really exciting and and fun i think and yeah terrifying and and there are people who love to take advantage of it and be shitty about it and you know that's fine that's their thing like um i'm very i'm very fascinated this is a digression but i'm very fascinated lately when people like the internet has so supercharged the idea of the things we like and the things we hate and like made no middle ground when in reality like (laughs) most people are pretty neutral on everything they consume like you eat a you eat a meal you watch a tv show you're most of the time you're like it's fine um but (laughs) but that doesn't get you any clicks there's no there's no reward for that but i i've lately been very fascinated by the idea when people are like i love this thing this thing is good because and then at some point they go but that's just my opinion and it's like well fucking of course it's your opinion these aren't facts we're <laughs> dealing with like but uh, you see it so much where people like qualify it by being like please don't get offended by my like or yeah. dislike of this thing this is just my take and it's like by the fact that it's coming out of your mouth or coming out of your keyboard it automatically says it's your take you don't need to qualify that like it, people it's sh-
0: it's a scary place though especially on the like I sure. as a good barometer is whenever i tweet about how much i love Ang Lee's hulk uh-huh. And it's like almost exclusively just people like, you know, I hope your house burns down. Like this is such <laughs> a horrible opinion to have. And it's like such like it's always like this is the worst because I genuinely like. I mean, I love it. I love Ang Lee's Hulk. Genuinely believe that Ang Lee's Hulk is probably like the finest superhero movie. Don't uh, agree with
2: that, but I do love it.
0: <laughs> and so I'll often, you know, every now and then I'll put it on and I'll tweet about it because I, I think it's incredible. And then I'll there'll be it's i mean it's mostly people disagreeing with me but like some some genuinely like you're an idiot like you you're stupid for thinking that I, this thing this thing might be the best superhero movie I and i'm like that, i guess I, I am
2: i think that Angley's the ice storm is the best superhero movie but that's just me um i don't think that it's not a superhero movie although the fantastic 4 are in it tweet um, the uh but yeah feel feel free to tell me to burn my house down um, <laughs> shifting gears uh so you've been lettering what for a you, long I don't time know what we're
0: talking about i'm so sorry like i feel like we get with like, this, po-
2: this is the podcast this is what we do it's, okay uh... yeah
0: i just okay
2: good uh, <laughs> we like the vibe and the aesthetic of you've wandered into a party where a bunch of people are drunk and sort of bullshitting about nothing and you okay. are listening to them it's unpleasant and it's kind of <laughs> off-putting <laughs> But that's the vibe we go for. Um, and, and in that vibe, who the fuck is You think he is, by yeah, the way? Who this the guy's fuck? Here. This guy's at the party. Everyone is like, who invited this guy? It's weird. And Yeah, he, see him over there? If you look at him, he's stupid running around the the <laughs> Canadian wilderness or something. And it, you know, people are like, How is that guy this drunk? It's just dinner time right now. Um <laughs> the it's not okay to be this drunk at dinner time, and uh everybody thinks i'm drunk but i'm not and but with that said you spend a long time you're lettering a lot of books you're making a lot of magazines you're making a lot of youtube videos i assume you're doing other stuff in your life but i don't you know we don't need to get into that um i know that you're taking walks because you love those um uh at some point you're like i'm gonna make a book now i'm gonna write a book And that book is now coming out, or depending on when this airs, that book is out. Uh, That book is The Unlikely Story of Felix and Macabre uh, with you and uh, writing and lettering. uh, Junie Baugh drawing it, the amazing Junie Baugh. (laughs) Um, How did that, why did you make a book now? let's start with that like why now was you, was this the moment where you're like i'm gonna make this book. well this I'm is make a
0: book. This, this is a good story because well i say it's a good story. i don't you shouldn't ever start a story by saying this is a good story but this this has the potential to be a good story you should say well. this
2: is a bad story and then undersell it <laughs> and then you know over this is way. a
0: terrible story delivered and told badly. um it's actually it's actually we we started making this like a really long time ago i think in 2017 I, he Junie had emailed me after watching some strip our naked uh, episodes and was like I think he was in, I think he was in university at the time and he was just like oh I just wanted to let you know like I've used I've been using these videos to like help me uh, with my comic course basically and I thought, that was so cool So we started chatting a bunch and then it, we, we sort of felt like we I think we felt like we had like commonalities in our lives um, uh, <laughs> to, to keep it light. You know like certain sort of like parents having grown up in french colonial rule etc mm. and uh and so we started just bonding over these things and also we read like the same kind of comics so we just chatted a bunch and uh I, I don't know i'm i don't know if it's he mentioned it to me or i mentioned it to him but we were talking about like maybe making a comic um so this was like five years ago maybe five wow. almost six years ago potentially and we didn't uh, we just got on a bunch of like skype calls and we just chatted about stuff that we liked and ideas and themes and visuals and things and we didn't really have any idea of a story or anything like that but we just kept chatting a bunch and then this sl- sort of idea slowly formed of like monsters and wrestling um and i'd made a documentary uh, like a like a long time ago like 2011 2012 uh, about british wrestlers and we'd interview i just interviewed a bunch of british wrestlers and uh the thing that i loved about that story was it was a bunch of um old grizzled british wrestlers who were like we should not have spent so much time doing this and then wow. there was a bunch of young wrestlers who were like i'm spending so much time doing this it's great and i love that <laughs> like that divide of the yeah. older people that were like you know i wish we could pass this information down uh but then also sort of not really passing that information down, um, and then the younger people that are like, "I need to do every, I need to do, I'm a wrestler more than I'm a person," was like a quote yeah. from someone in that film, um, and it was great seeing the. two, I mean, it wasn't great, but it was it was interesting to see the two sides, and we that like we kept talking about that idea, and we'd seen that like I think in uh, in kind of like in our own lives and our own parents and our own grandparents and stuff. Um, uh, that kind of generational trauma and, 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 uh, especially in the kind of countries that our parents had lived in as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, that was just like this big recurring theme. And so I was like, I'm just going to write this. And so I, I'd written, like, I think they're like some pitch pages for, for Junie that were like, you know, I thought I was Alan Moore or whatever. I'd written these, like really dense scripts with like tons of information. And then he just drew what he wanted to draw and it was incredible. And I was yeah. like, okay, so let's not do that anymore. Let's not do that again. And we <laughs> chatted about, a bunch about like approaches and things and uh, about how to script it for him and everything like that. And like the kind of stuff he wanted to draw. And uh, he's incredible. Like he would just, yeah. he would just email me out of the blue. And he's like, I've got all these character designs, which is stuff that will never make it into the book, but just stuff. And I was <laughs> like, this is so cool. Um, and so, yeah, so I, I wrote it like 2017, maybe 2018. Oh, wow. And he's just been drawing it kind of like over that period of time, slowly. Um And then yeah, and then Dark Horse uh, got in touch about doing something, and we had this, and they they said yes. That's amazing. I've jumped a lot of time. Sure. uh, Across that (laughs) process, but it was basically you know it was it was like such a such a. uh, I've written other like I've written short stuff, Mm -hmm. uh, and but like the process of doing that, it's like he really felt like really special because it was so tailored. To just me and him mm-hmm. and like the way it was written was like you know was we were just talking like what do you need from me like what in terms of the script like what do you actually yeah. want because i don't want to tell you to do panel one should be this in this kind of format and this kind of grid or whatever because you're just going to do something better than that anyway yeah. and like I, you know i'd learned so much about how he works and the process that he does from script to page and he'd had a few experiences already that he knew what he didn't like mm-hmm. uh and so we developed this. I mean, it's not not necessarily anything special, but like we I, I just kind of did like a more like a film script, I guess, where it was kind of just like page hundred, you know, these are the kind of beats that we want. Yeah. This is kind of what I'm thinking, like this should be important. This should be important. This mm-hmm. is what's gonna get said. Um, and then he would just come up with some beautiful page design and, and some yeah. great and also he'd just add like 50 more pages to it as well. Cause he <laughs> wanted to, you know, there was like one scene where I think it was maybe only a couple of pages where the little felix monster uh has like a dinner with his uh, or a tea because with his yeah. parents uh it's breakfast actually with his parents <laughs> and i think in the script that was like two pages and and junie just was like i've got like a thing i can see i can picture and i think yeah. that ended up being like six or seven pages the sequence okay. and it's so much
2: better so much whose, better. whose idea was it that he climbs up the little staircase to get to the table I, that that, definitely that was definitely all him yeah it's so good uh it's that, funny I
0: swear that 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 was just a two-page thing. Like for me, that was like his dream gets awoken, and then he goes downstairs, and they have this like quick interaction about being tough. And yeah. Junie was like, "I've had this experience. I'm, I want to draw this experience." And he, what he did was
2: so much better. I uh, I I got to work with Junie. Um, we did eight pages together for ten pages for uh, the Joker Puzzle Box book that I did at DC when I when I first got to DC. And that was a thing where I was, it was all shorts with different artists and I was writing them without knowing who was going to draw them. And like, it was people (laughs) wildly different. And so I just had to sort of go to everyone and be like, I'm just going to write this like a blanket way that I write things where it's like very detailed, but do what you want. Like, which is what I say to everybody. Like I I only can write what I, I write down what I see in my head and like I see panels and shots. And so I write them down. And if you're having a lazy day, uh, feel free to use those. If you uh, want that direction, it's there. If you don't care, like throw it out. It doesn't matter. Like I'm just getting an idea across, but I, I remember uh, Junie turning in. We didn't, we didn't interact a lot. Katie Qbert, who was our editor was great. Um, Katie, uh, I remember Junie turned in one of the first pages and it's Catwoman sneaking into uh, an office and Junie threw yeah. it that. that she's an actual cat and she transforms and katie was like that's not what catwoman does <laughs> and i was like i fucking love it so much like can we please like not note that can we leave that in and i was like look it's a yeah. story from the joker's pov like it doesn't have to make sense it doesn't matter that it's nonsense like yeah it's possible the joker believes the catwoman is actually a cat <laughs> and shifts back and forth like that doesn't seem unrealistic and Katie was like, "Oh, yeah, that works." And I don't know where Junie lands on any of this conversation, and I don't <laughs> think they were involved in any of the emails. But I was just like, "I fuck," I saw it, and I just like, as get, like, just made me smile so much. I was like, "Amazing!" Yeah. Like an amazing. Uh...
0: That's. I think that's like his his like special skill that I don't even know necessarily he knows that he has is that just anything he draws has just got like that infectious passion thing we was talking about yeah. before, like he just has that in his art like it, it you can you just see it and you can tell that it's like a person that just loves making comics and i think that's we were lucky to have that all the way through what is quite a sad book the one yeah. that we've made it's quite it's quite a, it's, there's a bummer massive bummer element to it um, um but there's still a lot of fun in it i think i hope anyway I don't. it's
2: it's very fun it's funny and it's fun i mean it's fascinating to me because it feels and I mean this not in a reductive way. I mean this with a with a ton of respect for what I'm going to say. But like, it reminds me a lot of like the children's books I grew up of, or like old Disney movies, where like it feels like it's accessible to a young person. Like a young person yeah. could could love it, but actually, as you grow with it and grow older with it, and as you approach it as an adult, you're like, well, wow, there's a lot of really fucking dark shit in here. Like there's a lot of stuff that's gonna like, not go over people's heads, but like it's not what necessarily you need to focus on in the story if you don't yeah. want. In some ways, but like it's a story about regret and turning into the things, you know, who we become as an adult and like following the wrong paths and and like revenge and and coming to terms with. It's like it's pretty intense and it does not end in a great uplifting moment it's,
0: what i think about it and i don't like we had so many conversations about this between the two of us was like how do we end it in a way that's true to what's happening uh but also not really really miserable yeah. um and that was what we where we ended was sort of miserable but with a glint of could not could maybe be less miserable um but the uh yeah the the idea the idea was that like i what we I wanted it to be uh, from the writing side, I guess I wanted it to be like you know a ten year old or whatever could read it, and I think what they're going to take from it is quite quite different yeah. than like if someone my age would take from it. Um But both of them, I think, I mean, I don't know, like who knows when new people read these things, but like I think equally those things are both kind of like equally valid. So I think Felix's story is. Kind of, kind of uplifting for a majority of the book. Sure, yeah. um, a lot of his heart is in the right place a lot of the time, um, yeah. but then with Macabre, this old grizzled—I realize we haven't really spoke about what happens in it—but this old grizzled Macaba character is like, uh, I thought he was really cool. But then, obviously, as you go through the book, you're like, yeah, he's not as cool as he seems. But he is, yeah. you know, also at the same time, he's kind of cool. He's got like a cool vibe. Like he's the sort of person that I would want to be, if not for all the. Um, Stuff stuff. that made him exactly who he is.
2: Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I, you know, I was I, I loved it because like the ending is very organic and feels natural and feels like the point, but also catches you off guard. That you're just like, oh fuck, this is saying a thing that I did not expect to be have said to me right now. And I love that. I think that's one of the great. Um, anytime I, I, you know, consume a piece of art that catches me off guard but it's 100 percent earned in the story like i have the utmost respect for that i think that's such a skill and such a beautiful thing to do um
0: but i, it is... I mean it was kind of built like that in in a few places i mean i, I don't want to uh again this is the british in me but i don't want to say if it was successful or not but like it was built in to to look like it was going to do something yeah. at a few different points and then not really do that or do yeah. do a version of that what that ideally wasn't really what you thought it was going to be i think that and I, to its to its if that and if it, even if that's successful i think sometimes it might be to its detriment depending on the reader but it, yeah. it feels like it's going to be something and then it you get to where you think it's going to be and it's not that at all mm-hmm. i don't that's really hard to talk about without uh sure. being specific but like it sets itself up to be a fun like yeah. monster adventure story and it has i think we wanted it to have the beats of that But in a way that felt more... uh, Well, the thing is, it's like it was written by me. But like it, you know, it's a very... I think it's a very Junie book. And I think if you've read his other comics that he's written and drawn himself, there's a lot. It has the same Junie Bar vibe to it. I think, which is like stoic silence and sadness um that we sort of imbued into it um yeah so that was the kind of idea was that it felt like a a kind of grandiose monster adventure story and it has some twists and turns along the way
2: yeah it's really it's really great it's really beautiful the one thing that i i was sort of shocked by and maybe this is just my lack of reading comprehension but um i'm gonna ruffle feathers with this one but uh, i don't like wrestling I think I, I'm not a fan. I don't enjoy wrestling. I think it's I think it's it's just not for me. I'm I'm happy people like it. Um, I'm baffled by the the overlap. The Venn diagram of comics fans and wrestling fans feels very strange <laughs> to me. I'm just like man, there's a lot of people who like a thing that feels so uninteresting and alien to me. Uh, I you know I don't I don't get it, but whatever. Uh, you made a wrestling comic. And I was about a hundred pages in before I was like, oh, this is actually a wrestling comic. Like it's yeah. so, <laughs> yeah, yeah. it's so set-dressed and designed and like aesthetically different and narratively different than what I expected. And like there are monster fights in it, mm-hmm. but there it took me a long time to be like oh, this is about wrestlers. Like, these are wrestlers. Like, I didn't... (laughs) And I mean, I guess in a way, they're gladiators of a sort. Like, they're, you know... Or, you know, boxers is maybe more accurate in some way. But, like, it's a fucking wrestling comic. It's It really is. Yeah. And and that snuck up on me. And I was not... A little bit of me was mad at you for making me (laughs) read a wrestling comic. And then a little bit, I was like... Oh, I really love it. And like, well done, man. Like, you you stealth wrestling comics, me.
0: It is a, yeah, it is a wrestling comic. I don't know that we necessarily, like, the two of us necessarily even think of it as a wrestling comic, but it, it, like, it was born from a big part. Of it. it was born from wrestlers anyway, yeah. as well. Um, and there was a lot, there was a lot more of like, I think there's, there's obviously, there's like a whole history of wrestling that's kind of alluded to in the, in oh, some yeah, of yeah. the uh, narrative y bits. Um, but yeah, it's not, it's not, there's so, do you know what? there's a really like this is something that junie did that for ages we were like what do we do about like a monster referee and uh-huh. junie was like what if it's like a big bat and yeah. uh I think this is how it went and I was like that I wow, that was incredible and then we were like what if the bat is like the stadium like what yeah, if the yeah, bat because like there's so much fun stuff in there that's yeah uh and I'll like I don't like I I writers i feel like seem to because people have credited me already with stuff in that book and i'm like that has nothing to do with me that's yeah, writers yeah, get yeah. such an easy job yeah they get all the credit for all the visual design that they didn't yeah, do i mean this i'm just speaking in my i'm just speaking in my case no that's totally but, true i love it so, <laughs> it's amazing i love it yeah there's so much fun stuff in there uh to do it yeah but wrestling wrestling is a part of it but it's not i don't know that i would call it a wrestling comic if that makes you feel any better yeah
2: yeah the uh, – uh no, no I, you feel free to call it wrestling. I mean, it, it, it it's about – I mean, I think it's a, a pretty universal comic, but it is about wrestling. I mean, it's about, you know, <laughs> regret and who we become and looking back on your life in a lot of ways. And I feel like that's probably a pretty universal thing of, like, do old wrestlers feel this way? I don't know. Do old businessmen feel this way? Like, probably, but, like, hmm. they're kind of wrestlers. But um, also, to
0: keep it light, you know, it's, it's also –
2: fun in a long way <laughs> oh yeah no it's super fun it's a super <laughs> fun book it's funny and it's and it's weird and it's lovely and it's really fun it's great like i said like it's like a, it feels like a dumbo or a bambi or like or a pinocchio one of those where it's like this adventure story that you could give to a 10 year old or a 12 year old and i think some of it would go over their head a little bit but like yeah. not too much but then it's the kind of thing that they can look back on in 20 years and be like jesus like that's that's heavy like that's amazing and i i think that's amazing i think it's such a skill to be able to do that i think it's so beautiful and um i really i really loved the book i was really you know uh cards on the table i was a little nervous about it because obviously we worked together and i was like well i really want to read your book and all this stuff and then he sent it to me and i was like man i fucking hope this book doesn't suck and i loved it and so i was really really happy about that man congratulations it is it.
0: um it is thank you i mean i don't you I... Again, the, the British in is just an assumption that uh, you're just being nice. But the, sure. there there is an element of it that is genuinely quite terrifying. Uh, oh, yeah. I don't know. I've been saying this to a lot of people. Like, I don't understand how, like, like people like you, people like you, that uh, write comics routinely, uh, mm. the horrible writers, comic writers, yeah. uh, who do it like, and you have to promote books every month. Yeah, uh, It's horrible. Oh, it's yeah, really yeah. Not fun like, at all. When, it's, it's really stressful because people mm-hmm. then read it and then you're like, I know, I now know that this person either thinks it's good or it's bad. And therefore that reflect, they, that's now they've made yeah. an extra judgment upon me.
2: Oh, yeah. It's, it, you know, like it, uh, I remember when Tyler made Dead Dogs Bite and I was like, you know, very, uh, trying to be very supportive and enthusiastic. And he's, he's one of my best friends and um, one of my favorite creators. And when it finally came out, I, I remember I like uh, I called him and I was like, Do you, the first issues out?" I was like, "Do you feel good?" And he's like, "No, it's fucking awful." He's like, "It's <laughs> fucking awful just to like write a thing and put it out into the world." It's like he's like, "You feel nauseous the whole time going up to it, <laughs> and then it comes out, and like there isn't some great reward." For all that like anxiety and nausea <laughs> it's just like out in the world and some people fucking love it and some people hate it and like you just don't know how most people feel and he's like it's so awful and i was like yeah yeah that's and he's like i remember he said he was like when does that go away and i was like i'll let you know when i find <laughs> out man I've, I've i've written 400 of these and it's yeah. fucking awful each time
0: um the, i think but, the, yeah. the only like the bonus that we've had is that like i like i because i just trust juni because he's sure, yeah. a bunch of books he's great he knows what he's doing and like, I think if he likes it, uh, which again, he said he has, but again, the British in me is just like, I'm sure he's just like, he's just saying nice things, but he's happy with it. And like, you know, we, we went through the whole process of revisions and everything and where I was overanalyzing it and being like, oh, I don't know if this is clear enough, And it's like, it's very clear what this book is. Don't, don't uh, feel like you need to add yeah, more yeah. things to it. So we went through that and I like, you know, he's happy with it, which makes me happy. And so that eases some of the pressure because I don't need to worry about if anyone else likes it as long as he likes it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's still scary. Sure. Yeah.
2: It's it's a uh, it's gonna be that. It's gonna it's gonna be that. But the book is I do I do genuinely love the book. It's really great, and um, I hope uh, I don't know. I'm gonna pick it up. I hope one billion people pick it up and buy it and read it. Sorry about- I don't know what I don't know. What the print runs gonna be might have to go to reprint for that, but.
0: I think it's a um, billion, yeah. I think we. It's went a billion, hard.
2: yeah, yeah. I mean, I hope I hope the first printing sells out at one billion copies. <laughs> and um, no, it's it's an awesome book, and and it's uh, I'm really happy for you and and Junie, and and happy it's out in the world. And yeah, man, thank you so much for for coming on the show and hanging out with us, and and bullshitting and explaining how British meals work to us. It's uh, it's been a blast. We've been waiting a long time to get to that stuff, so we re- we really appreciate it.
1: <laughs> yeah. And that brings us to the end of part two of our discussion with Hassan Otsmain Elhau. Make sure to check out the unlikely story of Felix and Macabre, as well as everything else he's working on, by following him on Twitter at Hassan OE. To get the latest episodes of this podcast, as well as news, giveaways, and even comics delivered straight to your inbox, go to ashcanpress.com and sign up for the newsletter. We'll be back next week with another wonderful guest. And in the meantime, you can write to us at ideasdontbleedpod at gmail.com or tweet to Matthew Rosenberg at Ashcan Press on Twitter, me at Tales to Astonish, or Griffin at Griff Sheridan. We'll include some of your correspondence on the show, and we'd love to hear what you have to say. And big thanks to summer people for our theme song, Where's the Poison? Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you next time.